What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Unapologetically Black Male, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, my name is Dwayne Pate. Shout out to my co-host, Brother E.J. Stewart. Shout out to our sponsor, Jay Pope and Associates, who gave us the idea to continue to uh, push this narrative of uh, African-American men and just uh, alveolar success and just the positivity that we need to hear on a regular basis because we as we know society doesn't always you know promote the positive aspects of our lives so i want to take this time and turn it over to reverend russell saint bernard and so he can give us a little bit of background about himself uh and we can kind of dive into the questions that we have for tonight thanks for having me fellas uh super excited to be with you all uh and uh you got me on as reverend russ uh, and y'all just got your regular names on there. Uh, my mama called me Russell. Um, and so, uh, but, but super excited about, about what you all are doing. I think, I think it's dope. I am, uh, let's do cliff notes. Uh, I am born to a single mom in Brooklyn, uh, 14, didn't know my dad, met my dad twice, grew up in the projects on food stamps, but moved forward, went to Morgan. Morgan was a changing factor through parties for a good part of Morgan, but then got saved toward the end of it. Um, and uh, when I say through parties, like I threw parties, like I had a weekly party, I had artists I managed, that was a thing. I thought I was gonna be Diddy um, and the Lord had something else for me. Um, and so that was cool. Went to divinity school, met my wife and kind of moved where I am now. But I, I appreciate the platform that you all are creating and the platform that you all are making uh, for brothers to hear stories that we don't always hear. Um, that you don't always have to uh, look at or look like what the music video or what, uh, you know, it was Biggie, right? Either slinging crack rock or you got a wicked jump shot. Like, you, like there are other ways. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think we're evidence of other ways. Um, and so I, I think that's cool. But yeah, uh, from Brooklyn here, uh, now here, meaning the DMV, but God has been kind throughout my career uh, to write books, to coach, to lead, currently serve. Uh, at Kingdom Fellowship AME Church, uh, run a podcast called Ministry Pivot, um, and a couple other things in the fire. Uh, but excited, my wife and I celebrate 17 years of marriage. My daughter is seven; she turns eight this year, which is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> and uh, God has just been kind, man. So I don't know. I think I kind of ran around it, but no, you, you, you good? You good? Uh, let, let's go back to Brooklyn. Let's, yeah. Let, let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about growing up in Brooklyn. And what was that experience like, especially being a part, as a, you said, you were raised by your mom, only met your dad twice. So tell yeah. us about that experience and some of the things that you had to deal with. So, so the wild thing is, right, like that was like in hindsight, like as I say it, it's still normal, right? Like it's still, mm. it's still normal to like, I, I don't know. I think it was, it was more rare to have a friend who was a guy who had his father in his life than it mm. was for us right so it was like hey you know it, that wasn't a thing like father's day went around and that wasn't a thing in the hood it was like no nah, that's cool it's your mom like it's my mom it's my grandfather right. like that was the that was the thing but um there were lessons throughout you know what i mean and i think i consistently put lessons throughout but um it, it was it was different i mean i grew up in in brooklyn i grew up in bed uh went to uh school at boys and girls high school um, so I went to school, this is way back when the, I mean, gangs are still a thing now, we praying for the brothers who are still in that stuff, but I went to school with bloods, I lived with crips, like it was that, but I played ball, so I was in the middle, you know what I mean? So that was the, the thing, but I was never, I was always rust, like I was never the guy, like nobody really wanted me to be involved in the stuff, and neither did I, you know what I mean? I always found a way to navigate 
uh, through it. And I, I know it was God that finally let it go. But Brooklyn was different. But it was it, it, it taught me a lot of grit. It taught me a lot of push. Um, which helped when it was time on my ministry side, right, to be able to relate to dudes in a different way. You know what I mean? So there's, I think everybody has a different kind of role and a different kind of space. Um, mm -hmm. But even for me now, you know, I find home hollering at uh, uh, young dudes who, you know, feel like um, people don't get them and, and it's super hard. And mm -hmm. I get it. It is super hard. But some people do get you. And God is allowed for some people to be put in spaces to be able to show you that there's another way, right? That 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 having the latest Jordan kick is not the only thing, but you should have some stock. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can do it because if you buy the kicks, you can get some stock. Um, so it's th those type of things that I learned uh, back then that kind of helped me as I went forward. But I had fun in Brooklyn, man. Brooklyn was dope. Honestly, if, if my wife is with it and the Lord changed it in a way, I wouldn't mind going back to do ministry. Now, you got to live in a whole different way to live in New York because it's, it's expensive. Um, D.C. Mm -hmm. is expensive, but... New York don't make no sense at all. <laughs> got you, got you. Yeah, absolutely. What, what, being from Brooklyn and um, specifically Bed Stuy, what, what, how did you get to Morgan, and, and what was that like? That experience, that transition. So, so I literally, so I, I was a C student at best, brother EJ. I literally was a C student at best. I. Uh, I, I got out. Uh, I went I went to Boys and Girls High, uh, which if anybody is, is old enough watching, remembers the movie Lean On Me. It was like that. Uh, I got metal detected in and it was only there was only two doors to get out of the building because he chained the rest of the doors. Because Like I told you, I went to school with bloods. I lived with Crips like that's that was that was the kind of environment. So I made it out because to this day, my godmother, uh, Diane Mosley, shout out. Aunt Diane, uh, she helped me get into Morgan's prep program because, again, I was a C student. So like Morgan accepted me, but I had to come to the you know, I, I, I had to come to summer school uh, to get in. <laughs> and so I came to summer school, got in um, and and then I thought I was going to get a scholarship. Then I realized you had to do a full semester of three point five work. So I did a spring and a fall and they were like no you got to do a fall and a spring consecutively so i gave up and threw parties you know the whole other story um but it was it it it, it 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 was different because when i was saying i was going to school a lot of my brothers a lot of my friends were like yo why are you doing that we're gonna get a government job and to this day and they're good people i mean i still know them to an extent you know what i mean we're not like buddies but i know them to an extent and the majority of them if they're not locked up or unfortunately not here um, they work for the state of New York. Like that's just because that was the thought of success, right? Like I go work for the transit union. I go work, um, you know, downtown somewhere. I get a pension. That's and I stay in this apartment that I'm paying rent for. Um, and, you know, but that's it. And I, I saw I came out here that one time, man, and I saw how much stuff was. And I was like, are you serious? Like, this is what y'all doing? Like, this is it? <laughs> I was like, this is all you got to do? I was like, OK, cool. I'm going to stay. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, indeed. It's definitely a different vibe. Growing growing up in New York at that time, um, I know that the time you speak of, you know, the blood and crypt thing was pretty new, uh, especially for, for natives. You know, um, how did you avoid getting trapped in the middle of that? Um, and, and what was that like, you know, watching it all around you? Yeah. But, but staying out of the way. 
I think, I mean, honestly, man, and I know it's just a whole lot. I guess that's why my title is going to stay red. It's a whole lot of God talk, man. But honestly, man, looking back on it now, I thought I was smart, right? But I literally see there was spaces that God navigated. One, one, one small instance, right? Not around the game piece, but I play ball like everybody else does. So during the summer, you got a bunch of tournaments. You got a backpack full of uh, jerseys because, you know, you're playing three or four games. Everybody got a different jersey. This one day, though, um, we didn't have a game. We meaning like my guys, everybody that's kind of together. We didn't have a game, uh, but my mom got into a car accident. Um, pretty severe car accident. Uh, the seatbelt uh, cut her liver. Um, and so I uh, had gotten word the day before about it. So I went to see my mom. So I wasn't with my guys. The reason why that's important is because the next day we knew we didn't have a game. It was going to chill together on the block. You know, we don't do nothing to chill around the corner store. One of my guys remained, I doubt he was going to see this, but remains nameless. He uh, was the top student. Like he was the one that everybody, he, he, he was one of the ones that had the mother and the father in the household. Um, fathers would actually, mother and father actually were law enforcement. And uh, they, all of them went to the corner store and one of them had the bright idea to try to stick the corner store up with a, with a, with a BB gun. It's not a real gun. Uh, but try to stick this corner store with a BB gun. So long story short, I find out after I'm coming home from seeing my mom, knowing she's cool, that everybody got locked up. I'm like, what do you mean? They got that? Like, that's, like, that's not what we do. We play basketball. Like, we don't do this. But it was that one instance that shifted, and him in, in particular, this, this young man that I'm talking about, he was the A student. He was the basketball, football player, baseball player. Um, fast forward like four or five years, I'm coming home from college, and he's trying to sell me earring backs which makes no sense, but he, he, he had lost it when he went in and it, it was just, and I, and the reason I, so you asked the question, I really think there were God moments because had my mom not did that car accident, obviously my mom is great now, which is dope, but had she not been in that, I would have been there with them. Now I probably wouldn't have done anything, but you know how it is. And you, you know how it is in, 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 in any urban environment, but specifically in Brooklyn around that time, you could be with anybody and they do anything. It's just y'all did it. Um, so it was, it was, and I can count several moments like that in my life where cops had guns to our heads. And it was just a moment that if I had been in the wrong place at the wrong time, it would have went a different way. Um, and so I just think those moments are the things that I'm thankful for. And those moments are the things that I was able to navigate through um, on top of me uh, consistently wanting something different um, because I knew that that drug stuff, that gang stuff, it wasn't it wasn't fun because you always got to watch your back. You know what I mean? And you watch your back in a place where you pay rent, where you don't pay rent, your parents pay rent. So that wasn't that wasn't a rat race and a thing that I wanted to be in. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So so uh, you speak you speak about your mom and your um, I think you said your godmother, or your aunt that got, got you into the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She paid. She had she had the money. So you know how it is. Unfortunately, <laughs> she had that's exactly what it was. Aunt Diane. Shout out. She she literally um, and it wasn't like it was crazy. You know, I think about it now. Right. I think everybody's numbers are different. It was a couple mm -hmm. thousand dollars. But you needed this money to go to Morgan like you needed to be able to. And we didn't have it. But she did. And she was like, yo, if he's really going to do this, I'd love to see him go ahead and apply himself. I will give you the money to do it. Wow. And that that was a that was that that got me into the summer. And then I worked 
And then, you know, I was going to school uh, full time uh, at night, working full time during the day and throwing mm-hmm. parties at midnight. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how the process went. Um, but she she was able to help me kind of move forward. And of course, I got student loans and, you know, mm-hmm. still paying student loans. Well, I got an MDiv now, so I'm paying on them joints. But mm-hmm. at the same time, like that, that, that was what did it. It was, you know, it wasn't. But I think the biggest thing when it was like I saw not how it's not easy anywhere, mm-hmm. but I saw how different it was to make a life out here. And mm-hmm. I saw the contrast between out here and back home. And I was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm gonna come visit, but I'm about to do something different. Gotcha. Now, were, were there, besides those individuals, were there any like men that kind of played an important role, like as you, um, for you growing up, like while you were, before you yeah. transitioned to Morgan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my, my um, unfortunately, uh, recently, my grandfather, who I called dad, um, was the guy, like, my whole story is different, um, you know, and different in context. But like, my mom, again, had me when she was super young. So she technically didn't even have the right of say on me, right? And I learned mm-hmm. more of this. So like, uh, you know, abortion was an option, adoption was an option. But my, my grandfather, my dad, like, I, I got the video of him saying to my mom, my mom did some video stuff early on, and I got some videos that I, I look at now. But she, he, 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 he was supposed to sign the paperwork to sign me over to be adopted. Um, mm-hmm. And he looked down and was like, no, this dude's going to be a St. Bernard. Like, we're going to figure it out. Now, mind you, um, my grandfather, Emmanuel St. Bernard, who passed away, he passed at 90, passed recently. I had to do his funeral. It was my hardest thing I've ever done in my life. Um, but uh, now, mind you, my grandfather, he actually um, met my grandmother, who I never met. She passed from cancer. Uh, he met her, uh, and, they, and, and, and they had, she had two kids. Then they together had three kids so they mm. blended five she passed away when my mom was eight so mm. now you have this guy who has the youngest of the kids having a kid looking down on this new kid saying i'm i know we, we, we gonna keep him um mm. so my grandfather was my dad all the way through um and then my uncles was super dope all the way through um all my coaches were super dope um and then i did uh, uh, a form of martial arts called jujitsu uh, when I was early on. And so those, those guys, my, my senseis there were super dope. So I had, I had, I, I had, I had guys who I could look up to uh, and I had guys who I could trust in and who can kind of push me in the right way. But that like, like, like any environment, right? Like you got those guys in segments outside of my grandfather and my uncle, mm-hmm. um, but then you got the guys that you run with on the street who are showing you other stuff. Um, and so you had to make a distinction, but I think for me, I was always super driven to know that this really wasn't a life. You know what I mean? Like I, mm-hmm. I, I used to remember seeing the dudes who were the guys on the block and I'm like, yeah, but you live like right upstairs, like with mm-hmm. your mother, brother, like, that's not a thing. Like I knew that early on, like I understood that you had the car and you had the clothes and you got, but like you right upstairs, like that wasn't a thing. So God, I think specifically put these, the, these dudes in my in my presence to allow me to see the difference. And then again, like I said, there's moment after moment where I just happen not to be around when the foolishness happened that derailed people. And I'm, you know, super thankful for that. What, 
how did it make you feel, you know, not having your father around uh, growing up? And, and how did that influence who you are as a father today? Yeah, man. So, you know, the, the, the wild thing about that, uh, EJ, is I, I don't think I ever really came to an understanding of him not being around until I was like in college. Like, again, it was like, it wasn't a thing. Like you didn't, like, I don't remember father's days like that. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's wild. It wasn't until I was in college, I realized, you know what, like there's a whole day, like every year for people who got father, like that wasn't, and, and it didn't matter because none of the guys that I, I remember mother's day, but I didn't remember the father's day thing. Um, so I think, I think that, that was, that was one point to kind of think about um, for me, and then I, I also knew that uh, my dad was young, right? He had me young. My mom was young, so he was young. And so as I started to understand what it means to be a dude and understand what it means now to be a father, I started to give him more grace because I thought that, you know, he just made a quick decision and he didn't know what to do. Um, and that, that kind of is that, you know, so I think, I think that that part was there. There, there were a couple Father's Days when I kind of came to realization that, you know, there were holes in me, right? There was like, yo, I should have a dad. Like, like I do have one. He should be around. Him not being around sucks. Like, that's just stupid. Um, but I think what it does now in me is it reinforces, uh, like even today, right? Like Mondays for me, um, and, and unfortunately, you know, not, not most churches take off Mondays. Our church, it's like a zoo Mondays. Like I got meetings all the way through. You're the last thing on my, on my calendar. But Every day I stop at three to go get my daughter. Um, after we got her, bring back, we get some dinner. My wife's here, my wife's my manager family therapist, so she has clients upstairs. Um, and while my wife was finishing up, I go take my daughter out for a walk. Like I, I intentionally am, am diving in in time because I wanna make sure that my time and the quality of my time is very different than I had with my dad. Um, so I do think that, that that's always in the back of my mind that, yo, I want her to understand that I'm here, I'm gonna be here, and I wanna be the best that I can be for her. And I do think, I, 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 do, I do attribute that to the fact that I didn't have, so I know what not to do really well. <laughs> I'm working on uh, making sure I do what's right. Awesome, awesome, definitely appreciate that um, and how it correlates to how you are father now. Uh, but let's let's go back to the Morgan days. Uh, <laughs> I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it. Absolutely. We got my my co-host is uh, he went to Dallas State. We won't. I won't fault him for that. One, so, one of the top know. top ten HBCUs in the country. You know what I mean? They, they, you know, it's a little little something. You know what I mean? So yeah. So 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 let's let's talk about the the party promoting and how you got into that and like what you know what what ultimately kind of shifted you. The from that. Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I again, man, Morgan was so Morgan wasn't my first choice. Um mm. I wanted to go to Morehouse. They mm. said no. I wanted to go to another school I wanted to go to, and they said no. And then Morgan said yes. And I was like, well, this is where we're going. Um, and then I realized again, like it clicked, like, oh, this is like school. Like, I just gotta go to school. And my mm -hmm. mom had all full intentions to be able to go to school full time. And that was it. But then, you know, tuition stuff started to hit. She's still trying to figure stuff out. Um, so I needed to do a work study. And then I started seeing the people who are on, you know, I'm from New York. And unfortunately, one of the things that we are really known for is the level of um, 
uh, uh, confidence that could be misplaced in those houses for <laughs> cockiness. Um, and so I saw these dudes throwing parties and I was like, really? Like this, like, this is the thing? And then I met some other dudes from New York um, and uh, we started going to a couple of them and it started being more of like, we are the life of the party thing. And I'm like, well, we at their party, I just paid to get in. Like they, I, they should be, um, you know, we should be doing it ourselves. Uh, and, and, and that's literally where it was. And because none of the three of us uh, pledged anything, uh any in any uh in in any in any in, 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 in frat so we we kind of were able to skate in the middle and then we all played different sports so we were able to get the sports people in there and it just it just worked out it just it it, it worked out to where it was going to work out let me say it that way because i don't i don't miss anything uh the, the funny thing is like people who i were part of with now um they actually like are like if i name their names djs that you all know um, one is a record exec for RCA, killing it. Actually, Sam, she's on my podcast before. She's like killing it. So it's, it's, it's wild how God like still pushed people through. But he was like, yeah, no, nah, I need you not to go. Because I, I truthfully believe that if he let me go to be the routed Diddy, like we wouldn't be having this conversation. It'd be a whole nother thing. But he needed me on this side of the field because um, it, it would have been. But I, I, I enjoyed Morgan. I enjoyed being on a black campus. I enjoyed having black professors. I enjoyed learning black history. Um, I enjoyed seeing a lot of us trying to figure it out on a campus on our own. Um, and I honestly enjoyed the excitement of kind of building a business on campus as I was going to school. Like I thought that was that was super dope. You know, what I mean, contracts with building people, contracts with. Uh, I did all the business stuff for the most part, uh, contracts with the buses, you know, the cheese buses that had to come up and pick all the kids up, like, you know, liquor license stuff. Like, I'm 21. Like, I shouldn't even be fooling with liquor licenses, but, you know, it was what it was. Like, that's just how that kind of works. So it, 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 was, it, was a, it was a growing season that I, 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 I think was cool, but it was definitely different. Um, and, and Morgan was definitely dope. And then I ended up going to get my Master's uh, of Divinity from Howard. And so that was a whole nother thing. Uh, and honestly, I chose Howard um, because I wanted to be um, I didn't want to go to like a, like I, I didn't want to go to like Wesley or the St. Mary's. They like monasteries. Like, I don't want to be you know, I want to go. I want to be like in the mix of campus and like be the, the Christian guy. In a, and then the, 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 the divinity school at Howard is literally like away from the campus. So I, I didn't know that till I started the first day. I was super upset. I was like, yo, I thought this was going to be like in the midst of everything. But Howard is the same way. Like Howard, my first time on Howard's campus and seeing all of the 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 people who who are like pre med or whatever they were wearing the white coats. Like mm. I literally saw a group of like thirty of them that looked like us walking on campus, young. I'm like, yo, this is nuts. Like, mm -hmm. and for somebody like me, that's all it takes. Like, it just I, I just I just need to see that somebody can do it. And mm. I'm like, yeah, there's no reason. Uh, again, it's the New York, you know, confident, cocky. Like, it's no reason that I can't be in that number. Right. Was was this calling to faith and in, in, in lead and faith in, in ministry, was this always something ingrained in you that you were around? Or, like, where did, where did this come from in life? Yeah, no. So my, my grandfather, again, uh, my dad was dope. He had me go to church. My mom had me go to church. Even when I started throwing parties and I started throwing parties like in the city, like in New York. A Brooklyn church is different, man. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I still had to I still had to go like like if she knew I had a party on the weekend, I had to be in church Sunday morning. Like she didn't care, you know, how late the party was, what was going on. That wasn't her concern. Her concern was you in town, you gotta but I say all that to say that I had the rhythm of church, but church didn't have me. And it wasn't until I got into my senior year and I remember it specifically. We um, I had a, I had a I had I had I had two sets of groups. I had a, a rap group, two dudes and I had a sister who was rapping that we, we started. I started doing so I was doing the parties. and I was like, yo, the party, they, they, they always want listen to music. I started managing these people and we started doing homecomings. And I remember us coming back from doing Lincoln's homecoming. And I remember after doing Lincoln University's homecoming, us going to our party that we had. Uh, it was called it was on Wednesday nights. It was called Wet Wednesdays. It's the problem. But I, I remember seeing the influence I had. And, I, and again, the, the God piece, it can't kind of shake. I remember God saying, yo, I need you to do this for me. Like you're doing all of this for you. I need you to do this for me. I need you to help people see me in a different way. Um, and, and that was the, the, the switch. And I, I remember being convicted, convicted. I remember calling all my guys together. The three of us who started it, um, had a town home together, um, off, off site, pay rent for a town home together off site, off campus rather. And I remember, um, telling them, Hey, we got to come over, have, have one of the group meetings. And I remember giving them the, the, the stack of money that we had. I remember giving them, um, all of the details and saying, Hey, I'm moving out. And I moved to a place, if you're, if you're in a DMV, I lived in Baltimore City proper. I moved to Essex um, because Essex was all I could afford. <laughs> and then I remember my first door, my, my first door was like, look at your closet door, wherever you live. That was like the front door to my apartment. It was like kicking central. It, was, it, it got ransacked. People thought that I had more than I had. Uh, I, I remember that. But I remember specifically God saying, I need you to do this for me. I, I, I don't need you. Uh, to be building this for yourself. Um, and so that that's where it changed. You know what I mean? Like I started feeling uneasy in all of the stuff that I was doing and knowing that what I was doing really had no end to it and it wasn't profiting anybody but me. Um, and I, I remember it. I, I remember specifically uh, the detail of it. And I remember having a meeting of my guys uh, coming to me after I said, I'm leaving and they looking at me like, you're bugging. God is not calling you. What, how did you hear him? What did he sound like? You know, they being ignorant. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, I was like, yo, I just, I just know that I, I can't go this way. Um, and that if y'all want to succeed, you need it without me. Cause you know, it's like Jonah. I'm quoting the Bible. Like, what are you talking about? Like, like don't worry about it. I, I gotta go. Um, and so that, that's what it was, but it, it took some time. Cause I, now, now that I, when I think back on it, I know he was saying it for years, but mm. it took me some time to really say, you know what, this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and this is the way. And all throughout, I was working at churches, kind of helping every now and again when I had time. Um, and the young people would gravitate toward me um, because mm. I had a I had a story that made sense and I knew where they were coming from, which is the a, a good. Now, now I can't say the majority of my time in ministries. Now, now I've been on this side for a couple of decades but a good part of my beginning part of ministry was all youth ministry. Um, mm. And that's, that's what I did. That was second nature for me because it was easy to flip a song. It was easy to understand where they were and kind of make it make sense. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so what, what, with, with that change, with that shift, like, um, where has it led you now? And like all the things that you're doing, can you tell us a little bit about your books? The, you know, the, uh, as, as well as the um, podcast that you have that kind of got you to this point. Yeah. So so it's I, I was actually talking with um, a coach earlier today. I got, a, I got another coach. So that one thing, too, is I realized that I need I need coaching people in my life. So not only do I have um, I just recently picked up a therapist, but um, I've always had coaches and now I'm more kind of focused on that. And I was just talking with him earlier today about that. And, 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 and just kind of delving into it. Like, I, so I'm doing the Ministry Pivot podcast and really, man, what that is, like it, it's really an opportunity around knowing that this is everybody's season of opportunity um, mm-hmm. and understanding that you can take hold of the season if you make some pivots. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's not just church. I mean, I started with mostly church stuff, but I've had entrepreneurs on. I got a couple more entrepreneurs I'm bringing on this year. Um, and that really is just to get the voice out in a way that sounds like us. There, there's other people um, who are doing leadership, um, but no, um, no shots in this. Uh, but they wouldn't even say no shots. Like they don't even know what that means. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they, they don't look like us. So the context is different. Um, mm-hmm. And that that really is the, the, the call and the push of ministry pivot is, is to really help us with leadership that sounds like us, that looks like us in a way that will help, and then to highlight other people. So I got Ministry Pivot going. Um, I started a company years and years ago called After the Music Stops. Um, and so that is at, After Music Stops. It's uh, dot, dot org or dot com, all of them uh, I have. But I started that, and that, that's where I wrote my first book, uh, dealing with After the Music. So after the big event, how do you get kids plugged in the youth ministry? How do you get them plugged into God? How do you train them up? All of that uh, is on that. I also uh, have several other books on that. And then I help authors to kind of get their books out. Um, and then I do coaching and, 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 and consulting along that line as well. Um, so with After Music Stops and Ministry Pivot. And then there's other things that I really want to get into. What I was sharing with a friend of mine um, who actually, uh, Pastor Heber Brown, is super dope in, in the Baltimore area. He has this thing mm-hmm. called the Black uh, Church. Uh, food security network and I was sharing mm-hmm. with him about some of the stuff that I'm doing and kind of helping him also because he he and I went to school together as well and and was talking through um, the fact that I know my life call is really to help more people see God when they weren't looking for it right to see it in a different way um, and that's what really all of these things are um, and then there's other things that I really want to get kind of plugged into and try to uh, be involved in uh, to see if I can be a help and, a, and an influence and a resource in these areas. But but right now, it, it, it's Ministry Pivot. Um, right now, it's After Music Stops. And then I can't, of course, leave out um, the fact that uh, I have uh, the privilege and opportunity to uh, be married to an awesome wife who's a marriage and family therapist um, and have an awesome daughter uh, and be able to be, be an example in that way uh, which I really think is is, 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 is my first call, and, and it's super awesome to have that opportunity mm-hmm. to do that. Um, and then, of course, uh, last but not least, uh, serving at Kingdom Fellowship, and God is letting us, you know, rock and roll. So it's 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 what what we have the opportunity to do there. I think is super dope too. So that that's kind of a lot, all in kind of one bubble, which is which is where I'm at now too. Which is why I was talking with uh, my coach this morning. I'm like, bro, like I need to parse this stuff out. <laughs> 
Gotcha. I know you mentioned uh, getting a therapist and a coach. Can you tell us the importance of having both? Yeah. Yeah. So I think, and I'll be honest, man, I have been in ministry now for almost two decades, which is nuts. And I've been a advocate for therapy for the whole time. At my Mm -hmm. previous church, we had a therapist on call where we would, at that church, um, we would actually supply and support um, probably the first three or four sessions for somebody who would come to me for pastoral care, but they needed more. And then mm-hmm. we would send them to this person. Um, but I say that because it's not until recently until my grandfather and I'll just be, you know, it is what it is now. Um, until my grandfather passed it, I was like, yo, I really need this part. I've had coaches I've had people to kind of help me get to the next space, to help me process, think through stuff, people who are where I want to be or who've seen stuff that I haven't seen before. But this is my first time uh, having a intentional coaching situation with intentional therapy. Because um, mm. I think what happens is sometimes we and I, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, you try to put them in one, mm. but they can't be one. They, 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 they have to stand alone, right? I have a friend of mine who uh, 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 Cato June used to play for the Colts and he actually just got a uh, Super Bowl ring, super dope. Um, he actually just got assigned to be the, uh, the, uh, the NFL Colts now um, running back coach. Or line, one of, I, I'm not super good on that. But anyway, he's one of the coaches. The point is um, that they have several different types of coaches, right? Mm-hmm. In basketball, there are several you don't just have one, you have several. Um, and I'm, I'm becoming to understand that more and more now that not only do you need coaches, you need there and you may need therapists, like you may need people who specialize in certain things. If you want to be fully rounded and, and I believe all of us do, uh, you, 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 you may need more people on your team that can help you develop in certain areas so you can be fully who you're supposed to be. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate now of both. Um, and, and it's going, it costs you because both people I'm talking about, they, they're not free. Um, that's the other thing about getting these people, right? (laughs) You, uh, you, you, you have, you, you, so when you have people and I name them, I name them coaches and not mentors because sometimes mentors Mm -hmm. are free and it's a, it's a, it's an illusion, right? Because it's like, oh, he's cool. He's pouring in me. We're talking, but it it didn't cost you nothing, right? There has Mm -hmm. to be a level of investment. Um, and it's wild because I coach and I realize, but I coach on a specific thing in an area, but like these long-term coaches you, you need. Um, and if I need to add more to my team, I will and just trust God that I'll be able to pay for these people. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't want anything to stop me from being all that I believe God has called me to be. So I think I do think you need at least those two, but you probably need more. Gotcha, gotcha. I had I just had another question. It slipped my mind. Um, what what would your definition of success be? And can you kind of just give a parting word to you know somebody who might be watching this? So that's two parts. So yeah. define success for yourself because you know it's different for everybody else, and then kind of give some encouraging words to maybe a brother or somebody who's maybe um, watching this and just kind of tuned in, you know, and and need to hear something to help them push through. Yeah, I, I would say, um, so success, man, we are all trying to figure out what that is mm-hmm. um, and what that is for you at what stage, because I don't know if, so like, 
I think I think success is seasonal. So let me let me say it that way, right? So we're looking all now at uh, the NBA. Whenever this comes out, you're looking at the NBA. You're looking at the NFL. You're looking at college. March Madness is coming. It's here now, um, and whoever wins now is successful now. But there's another season coming, um, and I think that we have to define success by the season, right? So when I was coming. Uh, out of New York, coming into college, there was a level of success, but it was seasonal. So now it's a different season. So for me, to be honest, I'm still trying to quantify and qualify what success is. One of the things I talk with my coach about, um, I should just have y'all have my coach on here. Uh, I've been talking to him about him the whole time. But I, 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 he had to help me and, and talk through this one point today that um, you need to find moments that aren't just breaks but moments that are rest because breaks are breaks in between two assignments. Rest is I've finished it and I'm stopping now. And I think success has to be a mixture of those two that you have to know that, hey, I did this well and I can stop. And then you have to know that there's a next thing coming. But for this season, uh, it's a win. So I think you got to fit over like for me in this season, uh, success has to be. Uh, me focused on uh, my daughter who's transitioning uh, into elementary school, which is ridiculous, right? My wife who's doing her own business thing uh, and, and what that, but there has to be success in that. But knowing that it's not going to end, there may be a break um, and there'll be some time to rest. And then there's some stuff that I kind of look at going forward. Uh, so I think, I, I, think, I, I think that's the thought around success, but I can tell you what success isn't. Um, and I think this may be more helpful uh, success isn't what's happening over there. Uh, and what I mean by that is what the next dude is doing, what the next sister is doing, what the next, that's not it. Because you're on your path, uh, which took me a minute to kind of get, like you're on your path that, that God has equipped you with uh, to, in order to do things. Uh, and so that path is, is focused uh, and that path is for you. And so that's, that, 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 that's your success. You're not supposed to worry about anybody else's success because you're not supposed to reap what they reap. You got to reap what you reap. Uh, and, and then honestly, man, I, I would say as a last piece, man, I think it's, it's, it's as, much, as much exposure as you can get, um, as much diverse exposure as you can get. Um, and so being able to hear things, to see things, um, Lord willing, uh, COVID continues to relax a little bit more and doesn't have any kids uh, that pop out, uh, we'll be able uh, to travel some more and be exposed to more things. I think that's really going to be helpful uh, for us. I know that's really been helpful for me, me stretching myself out of what Russ is normally used to watching, looking at where I'm used to going, but being able to expose myself to more and expose myself to more that's not in my lane, but in other lanes is helping me see what's possible and then bring that back to be prayerful about planning and positioning so that I can do what's next for me. I hope that helps and makes sense on both. Absolutely, absolutely, man. I, I want to just thank you again for sitting to come on. Just kind of share a little bit about yourself, say your story, you know, share your gifts, your talents. Um, and, and, you know, we truly appreciate Thank you for sharing you. Every all the information, all the helpful information, especially I appreciate your definition of success and how it's seasonal. And you got you have to, you know, define it by the seasons almost and then understand that break that break and recipe. So I, I definitely appreciate that. 
Yeah, yeah. No, thank y'all. Appreciate y'all for having me on. This is dope. So I, I'm, I'm excited about, about what y'all doing and excited about uh, being able to be a part, man. That's what's up. Absolutely. Well, once again, we want to thank you all for joining us for Unapologetically Black Veil, where we talk about surviving the stigma, standards, and systems. Once again, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, share, follow us on all social media outlets, and make sure you connect with Reverend Russell Bernard if you have any more um, inquiring information, want to know about his books, um, anything that he had has going on, make sure you um, click the info in the bio, and make sure you connect with them. Uh, once again, thank you again for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Have a good one.